It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Uh, Nikki Haley, Ambassador, Governor, I don't know what title you prefer. It's Welcome. Nikki. Those were moments in time. No, that's no, that's on your resume and they could ride <laughs> you right to the White House. Um, well, it's great to see you. Let's talk about what we talked about in the hall right here. That's a message we can relate to. Why do you think—I don't think the Democrats are capable of pivoting that way. So I think the Democrats realize they screwed up. I think that they know defunding the police is what caused the spike in crime. But I also think they're they're never going to admit it. They're never going to—but, look, they admitted it at the voting box when they elected Eric Adams. Because here's the guy that's saying, no, we don't need to defund the police. We need more troops on the streets. Whether he's right or not is a shift that shows Democrats are trying to get out of this hole they dug, but they dug it really deep. I mean, they've caused crime waves across this country in a way that's going to take truly years to recover. But we've got to do something about it now. We've got to have the backs of our blue, and we've got to make sure that they know that we're going to hold these perpetrators accountable and actually prosecute them. You're not from inside Washington, but you know what they're working on, police reform. Tim Scott leads the Republican effort, and it's gotten kind of radio silent. I think they realize they lost momentum to a degree, but you can. I am doing features with them talking to so many. They are for extending the academy. They are for helping the smaller towns in rural communities that don't have the funding learn the latest with police work. They are for modernizing anything they can learn. But they're not for humiliation. Well, and I can tell you, I just um, had dinner with Tim Scott just a few days ago and we were talking about it. And the thing is, minorities want the police in their areas. They need the police in their areas, just like everybody else, because they know that that's what stops crime. The idea that the liberal elitists are claiming we don't want the police is wrong because the people on the ground do need the police. And this is going to backfire. We're going to see it backfire in 22 when we start winning elections. Back. So you have a good sense. You know what it's like to run a state. And you also know what it's like to represent this country when the U.N. ambassador reported right to the president. So you had significant power. Plus, I, don't, I think we covered almost all your speeches live because there was so much, a lot of them, there was so much of impact happening, especially with North Korea. But as we look at what's happening in Afghanistan, and I know Republicans are split on this or if it's two-thirds they're against it. How do you feel about the timing of the pullout and the way it's being done right now? So my husband served in Afghanistan. As U.N. ambassador, I went to Afghanistan, um, met with President Ghani, like focused on all those things. I don't think we need to have a large presence in Afghanistan. But the idea is you have to have intelligence on the ground to know what they're doing. Go back to Syria. The main thing with Syria was... Iran and Russia couldn't do anything because we had intelligence on the ground, because we had people with eyes and ears and they knew we would go tell. The way Biden has pulled back as fast as he is without any thought whatsoever of making sure we have some kind of presence to hold others accountable, it's the reason the Taliban's taken over 85 percent of Afghanistan. This won't last six months. This won't last six months. And the problem is not what's going to be happening in Afghanistan. The problem is, is the U.S. safe? Because we no longer have eyes and ears about what those terrorists are wanting to do and if they're going to come to America. Ambassador, is the other thing this, that there's to have a base, a secure base, sophisticated base in between China, Russia and Pakistan benefited America. 
didn't it? It kept eyes on the ground, yeah. and that's what they were scared of. What Biden's doing is Biden doesn't know what to do with Afghanistan, so he's like, let's just pull out, and there's no thought, there's no vision, there's no strategy, and the other countries see that. And this is China's way to move in. China's going to immediately move into Afghanistan. This makes the world more more of a danger, and we're going to now not have eyes or ears on the ground at all. So what we're saying is, I think that what's underreported is, since 2014, we have not been aggressively going after. We've gone to a supporting role, but our presence, along with NATO's presence, which doubled ours, by the way, and we announced that without telling NATO first. That stuff matters. You know when you got when you guys maybe were first off and maybe making announcements, you had to go and, and mend some fences Sometimes when the White House got ahead of the message, correct, of the State Department. Well, I mean, that's the one thing is everybody said that President Trump and the Trump administration, that we isolated ourselves, we hurt our allies. It's not true. What we did was we let our allies know what we were for and what we were against, yeah. but we didn't leave them. We said, this is what we're going to do, and we talked to them about it. They may not have liked it, but we talked to them. Biden's not doing anything. Like, everything he said he was going to do to mend fences is making the world more dangerous. I want you to hear what Chris Christie said and tell me if this this resonates with you. Cut 17. Let's talk about the politics for a second. You know why Republicans haven't spoken? They're scared. This is typical of what's wrong with our party right now. They look at the poll numbers and they go, oh, like Donna said, the American people are with Biden. They're with, oh, maybe I won't say anything or maybe I'll whisper it so that later when the bad stuff happens, I can say, well, I didn't say that loud, but I did whisper it here in Foreign Affairs magazine, you know, in a footnote. I mean, look, we've seen this happen before. Let's be bold about it as Republicans and let's say, look, I know it's not the most popular thing to keep 3,000 or 3,500 troops back there, but let's face it, Donna, we haven't lost a combat uh, troop in a year now in Afghanistan. We're talking about the kind of presence that, that Sarah talked about. We have had significant wars over our lifetimes and we have left America well, to be stabilizing forces. And then uh, he was talking about Donna Brazil, who said we're for pulling out because that's what she does. Is he right? The Republicans scared? You know, I think Republicans need to remember that the way we keep us safe at home is to make sure we have eyes and ears on the ground there. That doesn't mean a large presence, but having that intelligence gr group troops, right. having those, it keeps everybody accountable and it lets us know what's going on. And it it's just leadership. And so I do think we need to have a presence there so that everybody knows we're watching them. Have you met Vladimir Putin? I have not. You have not. I met Lavrov, who works for... Did you know that cybersecurity and the cyber attacks and the ransomware attacks were so significant as they were? So, first of all, this has totally been misread. The idea that they're reporting and that Biden is supporting the fact that this isn't Russia, these are just groups that are in Russia, is wrong. Putin is smarter than that. Putin doesn't want his fingerprints on it. These groups work for Putin. He's paying them to do this. And the idea is this isn't even the big hack yet. Can we prove All that? All they're doing. Can you prove that? This is what Russia does forever. Go back and look. This is just like when they kill people. It's not Putin that kills it. He says, oh, I didn't know anything about it. Russia lies over and over again. You can never trust them. These groups are they're doing this because they're testing us and they want to know how Biden's going to respond to the hack. So the hacking of the pipeline, the hacking of our food processing, what Biden do? Nothing. He gave them a list of 16 things that said don't hack. Now you see this further hack. What's Biden doing? Nothing. He should have sanctioned them with the first one and said, OK, you say this isn't you, but these groups are in Russia. If you can't get control of them, you're going to suffer for it. Do you are you for having an offensive cyber 
attack plan where you blink their lights and can are we do you know what we're capable of you yes first of all one we are capable of everything and more but two if we went and made an example of Russia and sanctioned them it would send a message to China and Iran and North Korea who also are responsible and for Sony. hacking around the world all of these things so it's not just China or it's not just Russia we have to worry about. Every one of these countries is testing Biden. Every one of these countries is watching what he does with Russia. And the idea that he goes and has a meeting with him and doesn't in any way punish him for what happened is a huge mistake. You can't give Russia a pass because when you give Russia a pass, it gives the green light to China, North Korea, Iran, and any other bad actor to do whatever they want to the United States. We look totally like we just don't know what we're doing. And the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, I think, was his most egregious error, allowing Europe, these are our allies, and the hub to be in Germany and to go on the crack pipe of their natural gas when we're capable of giving it to them, maybe at an additional cost so we could subsidize it. But now Russia has control of their winters. We were, President Trump raised the concern of Nord Stream. I was dealing on the front lines against Germany saying we can't do this. The whole point of NATO is that we come, that we all come together to counter Russia. If you allow a Russian pipeline into Europe, and allow that dependency to happen. A couple of things happen. You endanger Ukraine in a big way. Because they bypass Ukraine. Absolutely. You give Russia everything they want. You make America less independent. And then think about it, Brian. Here Biden goes and gives the green light to Russia for this pipeline, but he closes down the pipeline in America. Like the one thing Russia hated, they hated that we strengthened our military and they hated that we became energy independent. In one year... We have already just dropped all of that. Putin's got to be the happiest leader in the world right now. How could Germany stare you in the face and say we, it's okay to do the Nord Stream 2 pipeline at the same time they see Russia invade the Ukraine? They see them playing a role in the Middle East. How do they rationalize that to They you? can't. We, I called them out multiple times in front of all the other European leaders and said this goes against everything NATO is supposed to stand for. You can't turn around and ask us to put more money into NATO, to build our military, to do all of these things. And, oh, by the way, let's let Germany get a pass and do this. Germany's one of the strongest members of NATO from the European side. And so the idea that they're doing this is a huge mistake. And they needed to be called out on it. President Trump did call them out on it. We pushed back. We stopped the ability of them doing that. And Biden, just like that, has turned around and allowed that to go through. I know you just got into New York, but they were in Texas at CPAC over the weekend. When we come back, I'd like to take your, get your impression of what you may have heard and the revolt, result of a few uh, straw polls that just came out. Best Nikki Haley actually in studio. We'll put this on YouTube later, right? You know, you're going to be uh, you're going to be going against Jesse Waters, oh, fun. Uh, who we also <laughs> posted in studio guest. He did quite well. So we'll put this up. Uh, Ambassador, thanks so much. Stick around. Back in a moment. Brian Kilmeade show. Newsmakers and newsbreakers here at first only on the Brian Kilmeade show. The talk show that's getting you talking. You're with Brian Kilmeade. This CPAC has always been kind of an odd gathering. Now it's taken over by a bunch of uh, radicals, anti-vaxxers, 
You know, it's a land of misfit toys. It's it's a political freak show. It's like the Star Wars bar. I mean, this is just bizarre. And the fact that they're celebrating that we're not meeting our vaccination targets is absolutely reprehensible. Uh, we all know this. I, I mean, I just can't imagine that this serious people are not showing up to this thing. I mean, look what happened. That is, uh, that is Charlie Dent. Of, uh, he was on CNN, uh, former congressman. He was a Republican. He was at the, Absin, uh, the Aspen Institute, a huge critic of the president. Uh, of former President Trump. With me right now is Ambassador Nikki Haley. I don't know how much you'll be able to say, but what did you think of CPAC in Texas? Well, you know, I think the reason he's saying those ridiculous comments is because when, you know, you get a group of people get together at CPAC, they're telling the truth. They're saying they don't want to see defund the police. They want to see more police presence. They're saying that they don't want to have choose teachers unions over kids in school. They want to see kids back in school. And they don't want them wearing masks. They're saying they don't want an open border. They want laws and they want to make sure that we build a wall. Like all of these things that we're saying, Democrats don't want to hear it because they know we're right. So 55 percent of CPAC goers uh, six months or f- about four months ago uh, were for President Trump running again. That number in a straw poll, as unofficial and unscientific as it is, 70 percent say now. The only person to get into double figures was Ron DeSantis with 21 percent. Everybody else was uh, single digits. Uh, and then in, when you pull Trump out of it, Ron DeSantis had about 60 percent of the vote. What is your take about the Republican Party and who the leader is? Well, I think that the Republican Party, you know, as much as people wanted to say and the Democrats want to say it's divided, we've never been more united than we are now. We see what has happened in such a short amount of time. I think Republicans also know elections have consequences and we're feeling the burn. But when you feel the burn, you have to do something about it. And that's why I've been out campaigning. Yesterday, I campaigned for the Republican gubernatorial candidate for New Jersey. I'm going tomorrow to campaign for the Republican gubernatorial candidate candidate in Virginia. Um, we're doing an event for Nicole Maliotakis. We're all over the country because I'll tell you, as much as everybody wants to talk about 24, if we don't win 22, 24 doesn't matter. We have to win the House. We've got to fight for the Senate. We've got to make sure we win these governor's races. Because if you look at what happened, I was a governor. The Republican governors did a remarkable job during COVID, a remarkable job because they understood the economy has to keep moving. They understood that Kids have to keep learning, and they understood the fact that if you provide people with the information on how to protect themselves, they will make good decisions. So I remember after January uh, 6, you were critical of the president. So was Kevin McCarthy was critical of the president for having that rally. And then there was a report, I think, in Axios that said you want to come down and visit, and he said no. What's your relationship like with uh, former President Trump? And president Trump is my friend. He just um, – we just talked uh, – yesterday or day before that he wanted me to come over for dinner. We weren't able to make it because our schedule's not working, but he's a friend. And look, I agree with every policy he ever did. I am proud that I served in his administration. Um, I disagreed with him on two things, how he handled Mike Pence and, you know, basically everything leading up to the Georgia races and, you know, the fact that we lost. But I am a friend, a supporter his policies were good. They made America stronger. You know, I don't agree with my husband 100 percent of the time. So the idea that, you know, I took issue with the president on that, he knows that I've always told him the truth. That's why we got along so well. I think it's bad when the president doesn't get along with William Barr and Mike Pence, because you could say that along with yourself, maybe co-MVPs of his four years. Well, you know, I think that what's important is the president never got a moment's peace. 
He never got an ounce of credit. It was a brutal four years to watch how hard he had to fight. And there were many of us alongside of him that were defending him, supporting him, and will continue to because we believed in what he did. And I think he knows that. I think this has just been a hard time for him. And I think that, um, you know, it's hard to see when you've built up a country to such strength to watch it just go to the wayside within just a few months. And I would have to say my opinion now, if the Republican Party isn't utilizing you, they're not going to have any success in 2022. And I look forward to your next challenge. You will not run if the president runs? I would never run against the president. I, I am a loyal supporter to him. I always will be. He's a friend. I would never do it. Ambassador Nikki Haley, thanks so much. Thanks. All right. Great to see you. Uh, back in a moment with Brett Bear. Listen to the all-new Brett Bear podcast featuring Common Ground, in-depth talks with lawmakers from opposite sides of the aisle, along with all your Brett Bear favorites like his all-star panel and much more. Available now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.